Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I don't know about you, but I often fancy a midweek beer, or five, only without having to deal with the anxiety the next morning. That's why Rule the Roost have partnered with Infinite Session for Sober October. I started exploring alcohol-free beers during lockdown, and this is when I first discovered Infinite Session, became a big fan of their IPA. So imagine my delight when I found out that the owners Tom and Chris are also Spurs fans, and, importantly for my ego, listeners of Rule the Roost. Small world. I've come to realise that it's often the taste of beer and the ritual of cracking open a tin to enjoy with the football that I'm craving, rather than the alcohol itself. So whether you're on a health kick or want to be guilt-free and clear-headed for tomorrow's big meeting, with Infinite Session you can still enjoy the same refreshing feeling of indulging in a craft beer but with zero alcohol and no compromise on taste or quality. They're gluten-free, low-sugar, low-calorie and for Sober October, you can save 20% off any purchases at infinitesession.com with the code RTR20. You can also find them in the alcohol-free aisle in your nearest Big Sainsbury's, but if you do want to take advantage of the offer, visit infinitesession.com and use the code RTR20. Up the spurs! Right then, hello everybody, welcome back to Rule the Podcasts. It's a lovely international break with loads and loads to talk about, so that's why I've enlisted. Mr. Sean Walsh, 90 minutes Sean Walsh in to, to come and help me pick through the, uh, should we say, pick through the bones of this squad, mate? Because it is it's pretty threadbare, what I'm looking at right now. You know, we've all made this big point about Tottenham not having a lot of depth and it's quite stark, isn't it, right? Oh, yeah, you sent me the graphic for this tier list earlier and I was looking down, I was like, is this, is this everyone? Is this everyone who's like, played some meaningful minutes? I was like, God, we're really an injury or two away from disaster a little bit. Right, I know, and we. I think what was it? What one of the notable things is that we don't have a number one, two, or three, do we? Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's nuts for a big club to not have one, two, or three. I know Larice is still here, but he's not even get on the bench. So, FC big numbers, FC big numbers. That's what we're about, mate. The big numbers taking us to glory. Um, but yeah, because it is an international break, we've not a lot to talk about. No games. We just thought, you know, we'd do a tier list because. Those are those are seldom ever divisive. Um, so it starts as you can see over here. It starts from A plus going down to E, but the E obviously forming a part of get rid. These it's a bit of a bit of fun there. Bit of fun. That's what tier lists are all about. So without further waffle from me, we'll jump straight in, mate. We've got uh, we've got Oliver Skip here. All right, number four, Oliver Skip. Mm. I'll just gonna say tentatively, right? I'm gonna drop him in at a, a C, right? And then I'll see what you think to that, right? So middle middle of the road, Oliver Skip. C. I had him on my D list, but I don't mean that as kind of an insult. I, I don't for the record, I don't think anyone has been particularly really poor or really crap among these players that we've got. Mm. But I think in terms of when I was bracketing through which players do I think were de definitely better than some of the others. I've been a little bit disappointed because I think, you know, after that Barcelona pre-season game, I was convinced that, wow, he's going to make that box-crashing centre-mid spot his own. And that's not really the case. It's been perhaps Saar and perhaps Barcelona's been 
really amazing what comes in later. Um, I haven't seen a lot of skips so far this season. It's not really his fault because we don't really want to disrupt that midfield. But I had him at D just because I haven't seen too much yet. I, uh, I go just as you were talking, I've uh, I've noticed that I've actually ordered my ABCD <laughs> correctly. So uh, that's a good start, isn't it, for this? It actually went ACB. Um, okay, so you, you, it's, see, my my thing with Skippy, right? And my my consistent kind of point with him is that I do just think he's. He is pretty middle of the road, and I do agree. I think there is a there is a level of disappointment there that he could have. I feel like he maybe does have the ability to play at a level higher than he's at, right? But the level that he is at, I still think is at what is it? It's a classic steady Eddie, isn't it? Like he's yeah. he's all right. He gets the job done, and we know we can count on him most times to at least come off the bench and do a job. Um, but maybe I'm letting my feelings about him overall kind of bleed into it so i think yeah if we are basing it on what he's done this season maybe he is more in the d mate maybe i'll I'll, I'll let you override that one i think i think if we get to some of the players who have been better this season i think it's that's when it becomes a bit more obvious yeah levels i reckon yeah and we can always reshuffle you know we might have these these points when we're like oh actually you know um yeah but i'm just trying to see how many appearances he's made he's made Five appearances for Spurs this season. This is good. The data here coming from Transfer Market, um, as you know, all good data does, right? Um, let's just see. So he's played. He's played, he played seventy-five minutes against Brentford. Then after that point, he was on the bench against United. Didn't figure. He got seventeen minutes against Bournemouth. Four minutes against Burnley. Bench for Sheffield United. Bench for Arsenal. Seven minutes against Liverpool, 14 minutes against Luton. Going from 75 minutes to these kind of piecemeal appearances might suggest that Big Ange isn't, isn't that fond, isn't isn't fond of what Skippy's bringing to the table, right? Well, this is what one game a week does, doesn't it? You know, I think mm. if you have your, your best players fit and available, there's no real need to change. I'm sure at some point in the season, he will get more of a chance. So it's just just one of those things, early doors. Like I, I, like I said, I don't think he's been particularly bad so yeah we'll go with that all right then so we'll move on to number five pierre emil hoybier um again i'll tentatively drop him in and then we'll discuss but i'm I'm gonna say and this may come as a surprise to some but given that it starts at a plus that's number one then you got a then you got b chop hoybier in at b mate I, I i might give him a b Purely because, purely because, what he's been asked to do, I think he's done pretty immaculately. Other than I think the only the only sub performance where I thought he was a bit whiffy and brought the vibe down, if I recall correctly, was maybe Arsenal, and that was mm. tough game. You know, pretty pretty mad kind of circumstances there. But yeah, I might be tempted. I might be tempted to put Pierre in as as a B. What, what are you saying to that, mate? I agree with your logic in that I, I think that the limited time that he's played this season, he's been really good in those games. He's played that kind of role to come on in these certain instances very, very well. And the thing that stands out in my head is um, the winning goal against Sheffield United. He wins the ball back and plays like a really nice ball between the lines, which leads to Kulisevsky's winner. Mm. Um, 
So I think that is you make a good case. I had him in C just because he wasn't um he's not like a regular starter, he's not playing a huge ton of minutes. And I think like I said before, there's there's other players we'll come on to who I think deserve a little bit more praise. Um I do actually wanna I have a funny story about Hoiberg from earlier the season, actually. So I'm not a big Reddit user, yeah, but I, I have it like installed on my phone in case someone sends me something from Reddit and like it just opens the app, it's not in a browser. Um, and someone sent me something before of do you remember that clip that went around of Ange on the touchline in the Shaptar friendly? And he's going like fucking hell, play, play, play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I wrote in an article, like it was about Spurs' winners and losers in preseason. I wrote in an article that this was in response to Hoiberg hoofing it in the air. Now it turns out I got that instance mixed up with another time um, when he was on the touchline getting really pissed off at him. Now that actually happened. I was there. I tweeted it at the time. I noticed it really vividly in the moment. But people on Reddit think that this is not just that this is a, a case of mistaken instance, but that I just completely made up this event. And I, honestly, like it's a load of comments. It's like, hey, me. It's like one where it's like, I I can't stand that little mug, Sean Walsh. And it's like, just <laughs> that. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I would like to go on the record. I don't hate Hoiberg. Um, I'm not trying to <laughs> manufacture events against him. Um, but well, positively, I think he's been yeah, quite good this season in that role. I, I think it's one of those things, though. How happy is he going to be in the long term if he is going to play second fiddle to Basuma when he does have admirers from bigger clubs? I mean, he's he's already kind of hinted at it, right? He's already kind of mm -hmm. said, um, I think maybe this international break that, yeah, Spurs are doing really well, but, you know, I haven't played much. It, it was it, That was kind of the gist of what yeah, he was saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, he has, he's played, he's featured in every single game, this Premier League game, at least this season, other than Brentford. Um, mm. where he didn't show up at all. His the, the most minutes he played is in that Luton game where he played a whole half. Um, other than that, it was half an hour against Bournemouth. So, I guess maybe maybe a B. This is tough, mate, Steve, because the B, like I say, I think for what he's been asked to do, he's done well. But the yeah. sample size is so small. Yeah, and Spurs are generally in a commanding position. Generally speaking, maybe not Luton. Okay, Luton's the exception. <laughs> when he has come on, so it's probably the bare minimum what he's expected to do. So do you know what? I'm I'm going to bottle it again, mate. I'm going to go over <laughs> you. I'll, I'll move him down to a C. My <laughs> Pierre, my Pierre slander continues. I won't overrule this one, but you got to have some balls and keep it one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. We got Sonny, number seven, Hummin Son in next. Tell you what, mate, you dive in first. Give me give me where you think Sonny belongs on this list. Now, I only had one player as an A plus when I did this earlier because I think that I just think that that player is head and shoulders above everyone else for no matter how good that there's been a lot of players this season, I think there's one that's real stand out. No, now, Son's not that Son's not that player. <laughs> I saw okay. Son at A. But that's obviously nothing against him. He's just won the Player of the Month award. He's shown that he's got a new lease of life in him. He shows that last season was a bit of a one-off, an anomaly, that he actually was injured, that that hernia problem was a real issue. And he's reinvented himself as this kind of quick burst centre-forward who gets in the right positions. And that's kind of 
it's kind of a bit like leaned into it later yeah. in his career because you know he isn't the great dribbler he's not the exciting player that he used to be but he's always managed to be a goal scorer and when he won the golden boot a lot of that was taking away the other stuff take away the ball carrying just put the ball in the net no matter where you are and now that's now he's doing that in more central area and that's something he's always been good at is scoring goals but i had him at a because i did want to give my flowers just to one player in that role i did have him a plus initially though then I did think about it a little bit more. Interesting. I I I I won't agree with you that we've only got one A plus, but I do agree with you on Sonny that he's an A. Um, I think you where else A plus then? I think he's. <laughs> I think where Sonny has been brilliant, he's been exceptional. You know the the two finishes against Arsenal, especially the first one, was phenomenal. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's, it was a mad yeah. goal. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, everyone's talking about Saliba not getting beaten. Sonny absolutely mugged him off with that one. You know, there's a good absolutely. picture where it's literally just him in between three Arsenal defenders. Yeah, and he just managed to just scoop the ball up and get it right in the side of the net, right in that kind of Harry Kane spot. Because Kane was so good at getting it right in the side of the corner of the net, wasn't he? Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I guess the only the only thing you would say about Sonny is I think, and this has maybe been a something that he's found throughout his Spurs career is that those days when he's just not at the races, mm. you know, you, you sometimes don't even realize that he's, I think like Luton is maybe one of the examples I would give where, you know, I just, I, could, I couldn't really tell you anything Sonny had done in that game. Um, and I think there were a couple of games earlier on in the season when I saw people starting to get on his back when he was playing out on the left a bit. Um, and people were saying, Oh, he's, you know, he's, he's, is ineffective he's not really doing anything i didn't really agree with that i thought he was like running the channels really well i thought he was providing like a real distraction for the opposition i thought he was pulling the defenders in all different directions but for me i mean he's clearly been at his best when he's been deployed like you say as that center forward as the you know the out and out kind of goal scorer um he's really made that his own i think you know if richarlison's going to be appearing at any point in the in the team it is going to be out on the left and maybe as has been said, if we're playing against low block teams, when perhaps Richarlison's kind of like aerial combativeness might come in handy being in that central position, um, meaning that Sonny can run in off the side of him. But yeah, I, I think where Sonny has been, and you, if like you say, it almost feels like giving Sonny an A instead of an A plus feels kind of somehow like you're having a, a dig at him. It's not. I think he has been <laughs> yeah. mostly exceptional. I just think there's maybe a few games when he just still maybe doesn't quite impose himself as much as you'd expect him to, should we say? And yeah. maybe partly I, that's I agree, I agree. the service he gets. But, you know, I think for the most part, though, Sonny is still... He's our boy. Um, yeah. So I'm going to move to number eight, Eve Bistuma. Um Now, I'm going to say, mate, this is, this is this my is first A+. Eve Bistuma is, is my <laughs> first A+. I... I have nailed my colours to the mast early on this one, saying that I think he is potentially our most important player. I think Eve Basuma doing what he does allows our team, he allows our defenders the freedom to play the way that they do. Um, he allows our attackers the freedom to play the way, the way that they do. He puts in the kind of the hard work. His press resistance is astonishing. You know, it's at times Dembele-esque when you watch it. Um but I think his his technical ability on the ball, his way of starting moves, him of, often being the guy that links up with Madison, who can then do his own 
form of wizardry, I think, has been a, a, a joy to watch. Um, barring, I guess, barring that silly dive he did against Luton. But I'll let him off of that. I, I think he's been, for the most part, absolutely flawless. And I think he's, you know, again, a pox on Antonio Conte's houses, you know, because it's... Uh, I can't believe he's not he's not uh, figured more up until this point. But I don't care now. Now he is, and he's he's brilliant. He's here, and he's brilliant. So he's, su- he's such a unique player as well. For someone who can play in that six role, there's not many players that have that perfect blend of you know the technique and mm. you know, the bravery to play the way he does, but the physicality as well to break up play. Um, I won't lie. I did knock him for the red card. That's what kept yeah, me from okay. putting him the A plus because I can't, I can't ignore it. Like the annoying <laughs> thing is, I, I was. I'm glad I did it at the end because I was so close to tweeting at the time during that looting game. I had a thought. I was like, I don't think I give like Basuma enough credit for how hard like his job is and how well he does it. And then he makes the first cynical foul and gets the yellow. And I was like, okay, mm. I can tweet that now. Um, and then the dive, like it's such a. Obviously, we could sit here and say it's stupid, and it was, but it's one of those where you're in the moment. He probably doesn't think about it. He probably, the main thing is, he's probably just trying to avoid a challenge and anticipate the contact and stuff like that. He's not actively thinking about it. So it's hard, but I do have to knock him because that could have gone very, very wrong. That could have gone extremely pear shaped. But, but for the most part, he has been sensational and. Thank you, I guess, for to Parastici and Conte for stumbling into him a year ago. Right. So, you know, 25 mil, that's a steal in this market. We think Christoda went for 115, Rice for 105. He's in that bracket, isn't he? Right? He's in that bracket. He's right, he's right up bracket, there, sure. I, th- I think he's better than Christoda, for sure. Yeah. And then he's... him and Rice, you know, he's splitting hairs a little this season. I think so. I, I agree with that. He's uh, he's bonkers, but I'm going on this one. I'm going to stay firm, mate. I'm going to give him the A plus because go ahead, go you know ahead. I'll flip it. I'll flip it. The red card gave the rest of the lads the chance to prove that they could step up with ten men. See what I mean? There you go. Yeah, that's what we'll give him. That's what we'll give him. We need the galvanizing win. We hadn't done that one in the face of adversity like that yet. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, so, if we battle Luton, what do we know? Yeah, we could score loads of goals. All right, we've done that a few times already. Basuma knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. It was just a test for the rest of the lads. Turn the landlord to raise his rent, you know. <laughs> so hardly believes in the grind. <laughs> um, this will be an interesting one, mate. This will be an. Do you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go in brutal straight away. Richarlison, oh. number nine. Richarlison. D. I'm. I'm putting Richarlison in D. What say you? I went C. Just. Just because. Um, I think the the contribution I showed tonight game was massive, and I think apart from the Luton misses, he's not been he's not been like a detriment to the team. Like I thought, he actually played really well against Liverpool. It was a really good assist for Son. I think that he's just you know I I don't think that he's going to be the prolific scorer that we hoped that he would turn into. And I think mm. a lot of the oh he's Brazil's number nine. I think it's going to getting a little bit. Overblown, and I say this is one of Richardson's biggest defenders. Yeah, biggest, I, I love. That I guy. don't think that. Yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be him up front. I think he looked quite good on the left, though. You know, at least for the losing game. All right, he missed the sitters, but at least he was getting the back areas. Like you mentioned, it with Sutton. Like his bad games, he's extremely quiet. You don't even notice on the pitch. I would rather if someone has a bad game, I can kind of see it more like that because mm. I believe that it will turn more into goals, but. It's just, it hasn't been the roaring success, but I don't think that he's been a massive failure either. All right, okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll concede that. I'm being harsh. I was looking. Yeah, it, was, it was clickbait. I was looking for. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was uh yeah I was I was I was being naughty but um he has he has disappointed and I am yeah. still obviously we we have to be mindful of his kind of personal issues I do understand that but if we're just talking about him as a as a footballer I think this season and probably last season really he has been disappointing again another caveat to that being that Antonio Conte was in charge last year and yeah. they really didn't get along very well by the sounds of things He's got um, a weird skill set as well. He's like two footed but no footed at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. Um, he's, I think, what it comes down to for me quite a bit. And I saw this, I was watching like some Everton fan put out a compilation just being like, come home, lad. I think it was after, you know, we'd been moaning about him or something like that. Yeah. And they were showing kind of some of Richarlison's best bits. And I was looking at some of his goals for Everton, and there was a lot of them were still pretty scrappy. They weren't the cleanest kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. They weren't the nicest looking goals. And there's just that part of me wondering, like, because he does work hard. And I think I think he's, well, he quite clearly is a good guy. You know, he's we, we know all about kind of his mm. social initiatives and things like that that he, he does in Brazil and what have you. But, you know, I just... I just don't know if he's that good. <laughs> I think that's my you're big just... worry now. I, I don't like, not that he's not, he's obviously good. He plays for Brazil. He's an international footballer. But when we're jokes or not, when we're talking about, okay, if we, let's take the joke of can we Spurs win the league off the table? If we're just talking about a team that wants to be in the top four, how elite you have to be in the Premier League now to finish in those positions. I just don't know if Richarlison is elite. Because we can fall back on, yeah, he plays for Brazil, he's an international footballer, but Brazil really are not Brazil that they once were. Brazil aren't really scaring people when it comes to the World Cup and stuff anymore, you know? And that's mainly because they're full of players like Richardson, you know, who are good, but <laughs> no, you put it like that. <laughs> not great. You know, they're good, you, but they're, they're not they're, great. Another part of it as well is, do you remember when we played Everton on the first day of the 2021 season, the pandemic season? Yeah, and they won one nil, and there was a moment I think it was in the first half where Davis gives the ball away, and Richardson sprints through to goal, and he hits the bar in like a one-on-one -on -one situation. But in yeah. that clip, if you go back and watch this clip from from that opening day, he's rapid, he's unbelievably yeah. quick, and he's just not that quick anymore. No, I I I, I was wondering this because I. It, my mental image of him when we signed him was he's rapid. He's really, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's maybe not quite son quick, but he's quick. You know, he's quicker quick than Harry Kane and everything. But he, he looks like he looks like Kane, doesn't he? Right? The way yeah, he kind of moves about. Yeah. Maybe he's it's carrying really a knock. Is he carrying a knock? I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll move him to see. We'll move him to see. Um, because that seems fair. I think that is probably the most fair. And he yeah, you know, it may not always be the flashiest contribution, but he does put in a shift. So I think we have to give him just that shelf is not a game alone, honestly. The scenes yeah, in that stadium. Yeah. Unbelievable, right? Um no, this will be an I'll tell you what, I'll let you head this one up, mate. James Madison, number ten. This was my sole pick for A plus. This is your A plus. This okay. is he has been the darts man. So much, so much better than I thought that he actually was. I right. am completely astounded. I thought he was good. I thought he'd be like Ericsson Light. I didn't expect him to be this good. I didn't expect him to be this guy could be one of the best players in the league. Good. This guy should start for England. Good in that midfield yeah. with Rice and Benningham. Good. He's 
every action he takes is so positive he's always got his head up and we've just missed that player for so long and maybe a little bit of his a fancy <laughs> that, sorry ben haynes is here <laughs> yeah he's just we've missed that player for so long and maybe that is playing into a little that you just gravitate towards him a little more but he's so good like i don't understand like how are we able to get him so so cheaply 40 million i know i know when 30 million if you take the the winks what, money out yeah well, right? that's what i was thinking yes bargain I, I i i haven't been i don't think i've ever been so wrong about a player for their kind of playing ability i, I knew he was good but the thing i've always defaulted back to is a bit of a match of the day player you know when he's mm. not at it he's not that great um yeah i mean he's so much more than that i mean i think i do think a part of it is and he got a bit prickly i think when somebody said this to him but I do think he stepped up since he'd come to Tottenham. I do think his kind of performance level is a bit more up here as opposed to being maybe just you know, a bit below that, perhaps. I really have misjudged him as a person, though, because I think I thought, and probably, if I'm being brutally honest, is in part down to his old tweets and stuff, which he said when he's about <laughs> 13 years old. But it, I think still I kind of always thought, oh, he's a bit of a flash tosser he's you know not a really likable character or anything and now suddenly i'm I, I, and i don't think it's just i oh, just because he plays a tottenham actually I, I he's our wanker now type of thing i just don't actually think he is that much of a, i just think it's because he's good at football and he's like a handsome lad that you kind of maybe it's my own kind of prejudice towards that where i think like <laughs> you just remind me of all those bosses at school that used to pick me last for football you know what i mean like but he's i think he's he seems like a good guy. He seems like a brilliant guy. And I think one of the things I, I really have loved is how much he has clearly loved coming to Tottenham and has really made that effort to ingratiate himself to the fans, to really let them know, I'm bloody happy to be here. I don't, I'm not thinking yeah. about Man City could assign me or Liverpool could assign me or anything. He's saying, yo, I'm happy to be here, wearing the shirt, in the stadium taking this team on to the next level. And I really do believe, the, the thing that I like about him is that I really do believe he is thinking, his internal monologue is, I can be the guy here. I can yeah. I can be the guy that helps deliver Tottenham a Premier League title or something. You know, I think he's, he is wired that way. And people can laugh and say, war a trophy, Spurs and all that type of thing. But from what we're seeing so far, from everything that Ange says, from the type of players that we have now in our first eleven. They all seem to be thinking that way, right? Um, yeah. One thing I do, I do, I do want to say just on matters before we move on from him is that uh, Phil, friend of the show, um, he's calling that it's matters leading the charge on the whole islands in the stream thing. Oh, it's got the Jesuit, right? You know, it's got, it's got me. He, he's, you know, he said it so many times. You know, he's the roast dinner man. He's, <laughs> you know, he loves the chippy and all of that. But I think, I think that one of the reasons as well that I had him alone in this A plus tier is that he has been the probably the one player who's been like the embodiment of Andrew Spurs so far. You know, from that first interview where he said, you know, I could always see myself playing at a club like Spurs in that stadium in that kit. He came, you know, obviously, he's got the box in the stadium now. He's done all that up with the nice artwork on the walls. He's immediately the vice captain, which is not a small thing. Like I think no. to go to a new club, a major club from a step up like that, 
that's a massive deal. He has been that guy. He has been the center of attention, like he wants to be, but not mm. in a kind of not in a kind of selfish way, in a way that he kind of is empowering everyone around him as well. And he does that on the pitch. It translates really nicely. Two goals, five assists for Spurs. So you know he's. I mean, that's after eight games. He's 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 an unbelievable player, isn't he? He's brilliant, and I'm. Um, very, very, very glad he's ours. <laughs> Goes without saying. Um, okay, so next up, this is going to be an interesting one. Emerson Royale. Now, I think just by sheer proxy of where we put Hoybier, I think I'd be tempted to put Emerson Royale there in that C bracket purely because every time he's been called upon, he's done his job pretty well. How many games has he played? I actually haven't. I didn't actually look at this, but now that you mention it, I do actually remember now him coming on and doing a job in some of these games because I had him at D. But it, there's, there's probably a good argument to be made that is C with Weinberg in that same bracket. So five appearances this season: ninety minutes against Brentford, scored the screamer. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Manchester United, two minutes <laughs> on the bench for Bournemouth, four minutes against Burnley, one minute against Sheffield United on the bench for Arsenal and Liverpool, and then 14 minutes for Luton. So, not not much at all. And it's not a lot, actually, but I do... Burrow for is probably really important, though, so... Yeah. And, I mean, I think he's one of these players, much like Eric Dyer, who hasn't made any minutes thus far, thus he's not going to get a mention today. This is only... I should have I should have mentioned at the top, this is only players who have had minutes for Tottenham we're focusing on. Yeah, we um, Brian Hill as well. With this, uh, the... I think Emerson Royale, his skill set probably isn't that well suited to Ange Postacoglu's football or this system, right? Do you think it was more interesting that he got dropped after he scored? <laughs> to be angry like mm. that straight away, he's like, he scored a goal, but, you know, is, is Poro just a benefit? Is he just a bit more technical? Can he play in those tight spaces a little bit more? I agree. I think I do think there's a use to him, at least. Like, I don't... Imagine, like, a year ago, like, everyone wanted him out. It's completely changed. Yeah, if he's if he's happy to be here, then fill your boots, lad. He seems like a good guy as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, I think that it's kind of become a bit of a joke, hasn't it? The whole vibes FC thing, but it is important. It's clearly important. It's an important part of a team being successful is having good vibes, you know. Yeah, um, I think he seems like a big part of that. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, Vicario. Again, I'll, I'll lead in, mate. I'm going to drop Vicario in at A. Item as A as well. Yeah. I mean, after what was a ropey start in preseason and against Brentford, where I felt, oh, he, yeah, he just looked eh, like I was like, mm. I think I actually even called at the time, Fraser Forster probably needs to come in and will slowly <laughs> ease Vicario in. To me now, looking at him thinking, and I mean this honestly, the only keeper in the Premier League I have over Vicario is Alison Becker. That's the only keeper I would I would put in head and shoulders. Like for Spurs, I mean, I wouldn't want anyone above him for Spurs. I think he's a, he feels like a, like we're talking about with Madison, he feels like a real Tottenham man now. He feels like he loves yeah. playing for the club. He feels like a real part of this. But just on kind of ability, on talent, Alison Becker's the only one that's head and shoulders above him for me. I think he's been yeah. impeccable. Like he's just... I can't see any anything that he's done wrong at all at any point. I think they're so important that for goalkeepers, they just have this kind of level of 
consistency where you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it consciously. And so far, whether it's with his feet, with his shot stopping, with his cross claiming, yeah. there's not been a single thing that we can criticize him about, which is a stark turn compared to what we think in the preseason. You know, he looked, you know, a bit shaky, a little bit, maybe a little bit lack of confidence. Maybe he just wasn't sure how to play or play with some of the defenders that were in front of him. Because I think, I think the first preseason, I think Tanganga played in that game. So, you know, he's not here anymore, really. So, <laughs> football changes very quickly. And been massively one round with him you know i think last time i was on was the pre-brentford we were talking about missing out on ray before he went to arsenal and ray has been a bit wobbly himself so i could I have been happy with him you know another one of those for the vibes it's a brilliant and on a really base level just having a massive bloke in goal is is yeah. quite wild isn't it you know like larice's yeah i know but like larice's reflexes his shot stopping was unbelievable for mm. i mean it sounds silly to say for a guy smaller than him, like he was he's about six foot one larice but you know yeah. for a, i think maybe six foot i think he is and for a keeper it's that's on the short side for sure it's average right but i think for car yeah. i think he was he's six five six six, six. it's quite he's quite tall i didn't have a hot take before the start of the season during pre-season when i was scared about what vicario might be that it was there's gonna be the sequence of events where vicario starts out so poorly he makes like two or three really glaring errors larice doesn't get a move that part actually actually did happen and larice comes back into the team and ends up <laughs> being either a revelation or he just plays the whole season he gets a new contract just yeah there was a world that happened where vicari drops clangers all over the place and larice just comes back in but yeah. i'm very thankful we're not in that universe I feel like something i feel it, it got deep i think at the end of last year after that newcastle game I, there's it's just strange larice is just nowhere he's still at tottenham he's up he's been our club captain for a decade and he's just nowhere to be seen anymore I, I they, put like, him in the, they put him in the premier league squad but i haven't seen any pictures of him or anything no nothing at all um it's quite sad really isn't it but yeah it is yeah it'll be one of those things five years time champions league night we'll bring him out at half time he'll have a chat to everyone be, you know it'll be all good it'll be all right hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, Ivan Perisic. Um, I believe that is our next player. Number 14, Ivan Perisic. Um, probably won't see him ever again in the Tottenham shirt, I'd wager. But I feel the times we did see him this season, he actually looked pretty good. So I put him as a B. Ooh, you have to be. I would for C. 
Yeah. I don't, but I don't, I don't hate the beat because I think that we're talking about players who have like these very specific uses. I think he had that, and I think yeah. we're going to miss that over points of the season where there's going to be games where we just need to cross it in and for a chance to score a header or something like that over Lees, and we don't have an expert crosser like Perisic who. You know, he got the assist for that Richardson goal against United. It was, it was so, yeah, him. I thought it was him. I, it I, was him, yeah, yeah. At the time, in my post-match thing, I said it was Madison. Um, and then watching it back, I was like, oh, damn, it was Perisic. Now I don't. Yeah. Now I look like an idiot, you know? <laughs> it's just that bit. <laughs> you know, I watch the games, yeah, I swear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know football, me. <laughs> Proper football, man. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a shame. I mean, it's, it's horrible for him to get an injury like that at his age when he probably just wanted to play out the last few years of his career in you know club like spurs probably maybe go to italy or somewhere like that after us link up with conte wherever he goes or whatever and it'll just be you know i mean he, the guy's a machine right he's what is he? he's about 36 is he but he yeah he's in very very good nick he's in that kind mm. of cristiano ronaldo vein of looking after himself right so he's yeah, yeah. you'd imagine he'd come back all right but lacl's a big one right it's a big one so it's massive it feels like the only way that we see him again is if the recovery takes so long that they kind of just give him a new contract to so he has somewhere to go and then yeah. he just ends up staying for another season i think that happened with Nenny at arsenal mm. so we might be... see him again but i'm not betting on it yeah you know I, you say that yeah i i actually wouldn't be surprised to see Spurs give him a no year i really wouldn't mm. it depends it depends like where Angie's head is at and how we end this season but I wouldn't be overly surprised. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a massive shock, would it? Really, let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So let's move on to our. Let's have a look. Number seventeen, Christian Romero. Where are you putting him, Sean? I had him in A. I yeah. think he's going to. I think he's a little bit underrated now. Do you think? I was talking about this with yeah. Jude on our pod, yeah, what an iPod last week. I think that I think we'll get to Van der Ven later, but I think that it's kind of understated now how brilliant Romero has been. He's just so much calmer. I think he gives the defenders around him so much more confidence. Whereas, you know, I think last year he took away from that a little, but it's been a massive credit to coaching, you know, because I, I think I keep reiterating, and just not a defensive coach. He doesn't yeah. really put a lot of thought into it, but he's managed to build this strong base. And I think Romero has been really key to that. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Having a player like Romero who feels, we talk about kind of Angus scouting or the, the team that does his scouting, the, profile of player that he wants both in terms of personality and skill set Romero feels like a perfect Ange Postacoglu player doesn't he but Ange Postacoglu yeah. defender player like he can he can play football and I think that that's a that's a massive thing about Romero he's a great defender but he's a great footballer he's got a good eye for a pass he's good on he's the a ball really good passer it's yeah. really good how good a passer he is yeah um I mean Leo Messi's called him the best defender in the world quite recently. That might there might be a bit of mate tax on there, but still. I was going to say, how many Spurs games do you think Messi's watched? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, we're talking about a player who's a World Cup winner. You know, now he's yeah. doing that World Cup as well. Wasn't just like along for the ride. He was the best no. defender in that team. I mean, that that was the thing. Oh, that's added to my fizzing with him last year is seeing how relatively poor he was for Spurs and how good he would be every time he'd play for Argentina thinking God, there's a player there there's such yeah, a player there yeah. and now we've got him and again another one who 
he's made no secret of the fact he detested Antonio Conte, right? You know, he's... You was, you was like the leader of the bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Come on, um, I said, yeah, I hate this guy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to leave if, if he was staying. I don't think he actually said that, did he? That part, that was... It was a report in Argentina, yeah. but I think the source was quite good for it, so... Yeah. The source being Christian Romero, too, is made. The basement. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely an A. You know, knock, uh, knocking on the door, like you say, do we underrate him? Probably knocking on the door of an A+, plus because he's just got the lot. All, all the kind of the, the things that annoyed us last year, other than him going on international duty, the rashness, the petty kind of yellow cards that he'd get when he was clearly just frustrated in a match, he's ironed all that out. And part yeah, of that, I reckon, yeah. is, you know, probably getting the vice-captaincy is a big one. But again, he's probably having a... An exceptional centre back partner, um, yeah. to allow him to not have to worry about what his partner's doing all the time. That he can go out and play football a bit. He's, I mean, he's brilliant. He's, I think he's very good in the air. He's commanding. He's strong. He's quick. He can pass. He's got the lot. He's, he's absolutely got the lot. Um, again, you know, just another player that I'm very glad is is ours and is. Kind of, in a way, feeling a bit like a new signing this year. I know that's the old, the old trite thing to say, <laughs> but he is a bit. Um, Giovanni Lacelso. He has, he has had some minutes for Tottenham this year. Giovanni Lacelso. He's been out obviously uh, a long time with this. I think a hamstring injury he's had. But let me just, I just want to get my facts correct on this. He's made one appearance for Tottenham this year in the Premier League. And that was against Bournemouth. 16 minutes against Bournemouth. Um, I mean, I'd probably still chuck him in at D. If we're, if we're giving Skip a D, I'll chuck him yeah. in at D. Bordering on, get rid in E. Bordering on. But my reason why I'm not going all out into the get rid is because I feel that just from what we saw even in pre-season, I feel that there's a player there that Ange can get a tune out of can get something out of and yeah. i want to wait and see what that is but I, I couldn't give him anything past the d for this year so far he's such a strange player i said to you before we started recording i was looking through the players i thought i completely forgot he existed yeah. <laughs> but you're right i do want to see him i want to give him a chance the annoying thing is i think that a lot of his first trips at this point has been he's bringing all the bad bits of lamella but not the good bits of him um like yeah. he's just been out on loan a few times, hasn't really made enough of an impression for anyone to really come with a big bid. It injured so many times, he's injured now. But you're right, in pre-season he looked promising, he looked like an Ange kind of player. And I do think, I I keep going back to that Argentina World Cup, that he would have been in that squad, he would have been a starter. He would have maybe hoovered up the Alexis McAllister minutes. You mm. think about the kind of... Uh, the player that Alexis McAllister has become and the way that he's used, if we have an asset like that, just kind of sitting there waiting to get a run of games, then I don't want to give up on that. No, I, no, I think that's, I think that's fair. And he, he just, there's still, a, I still haven't given up on him enough. I still feel he's that player that could potentially be the guy that we're all like, Oh God, we sold him for like 14 mil when he starts tearing it up for somebody like Atletico Madrid or something. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But I mean, the main thing for me is I just want to see what Ange can get out of it. Yeah, I want to see more of it. First. Yeah. 
he might be this, crap, but then I'll, at least we'll know he's crap. This is this is going to be an interesting one, mate. Our number twenty-one, Dejan Kulisewski. Um, I, I'm sort of hovering around the B, but I'm not decided. I went B as well. B, yeah, let's do it then. Let's drop him in at a B. How are you feeling I, about him? Yeah, I so I said um, on the All Night Pod a couple of weeks ago before the Luton game, I said that. Spurs fans were maybe creeping a little bit into Grealish territory with Kulisewski, like praising him for not really doing a lot apart from keeping mm. the ball and not, not wasting it. I thought there was a little bit of that. And then he actually played really well against Luton. He yeah. liked the really, really good creator. It's unbelievable, Ryan. wouldn't it? Right, and then, yeah, he was like, he was doing everything that Troy Deeney said that he was doing that podcast about <laughs> Harry Kane. You know? It's like, oh, what a player. Um, I thought the Spurs fans were a little bit overrating before that, but I think that he's been good and i think there's enough i've seen enough this season to believe that he could still hit the heights that he hit in his first year here i'm not giving i'm not giving up on him as like a top top level player because i think i think one of the things that's become that became apparent over the jose ponte nuno eras was Son and kane work very well together but i do think it's hard to find a player that complements them very well and he complemented them so well in that first half season and even at the start of last season people forget that that he started really well, he got injured. We missed him so much when he mm. was injured. He was a, was a massive reason why the form tailed off. And he came back just before the World Cup. He played. He came off the bench against Liverpool, got an assist almost immediately after coming on. He ran the show against Leeds in that 4-3 win. He was so good. I think he, that was one of his top two or three performances for us. After the World Cup, he was man of the match at Brentford, I thought, in the Boxing Day game. And then he got injured and then he came back and he was a little bit worse for wear. Yeah. So I I don't there is a player that is like a top level player that's still there, a player that was rightfully compared to Bakaya Saka and was slowly starting to see a bit more of it. I think as well against Luton, he looked like he had that yard of pace back. Yeah, he does. I think what I want to see from him a bit more is because he started to do it in a couple of games this season, use his right foot. Because I think players mm. have started to quite, you know, we know what the kind of the, the the profiling will be like in every single Premier League clubs now. Everyone will say Kulisevsky switches it onto his left every single yeah. time, right? Yeah. Um, and we've seen opposition players being quite prepared for that. And a few times this year, he's he's taken them by surprise by using his right foot. But he's kind of disappeared back into his shell the past couple of games again with that. I'm not, sh I'm not too sure why. So I would like to see him continue to mix it up a bit. I would like to see a bit more variety to his game. But I agree with you in so much as... I think we would see again even this year when I don't think he is back to his kind of his very best that we saw in that first half season under Conte. But I still feel he's good enough now that were he to go missing for a, for a period of time, if we got an injury, we might suddenly be like, oh, that's why Kulisewski is important. The way in which he manages yeah. to, to retain possession in the opposition half, the way he manages to carry the ball. He's, he must be one of our like best ball carriers. He might not be. And I think because he's not the quickest, it, it somehow doesn't always translate that somebody's like an actually really good kind of progressive player because you, you're so used to just seeing a player like bomb it down the pitch, right, and get into the opposition half. He doesn't do that so much because he's, yeah, because he's kind of rangy. He does. I, I often think he is a bit like Harry Kane, the way he sprints, in that they're actually quicker than you think they are, yeah. but they're still, yeah. not, they're still not super quick. Um, not big strides about them. Yeah, that yeah. Helps. Um, so I do I, I mean I'm I'm a big fan of Kulisevsky. I really do like him. I would yeah. just like to see a little bit more 
just a little bit more magic from him at times just to trust himself yeah, a bit yeah, more yeah. i think that's the one of, he just seems to be lacking that little bit of confidence he had like we say towards the end of that season when he was you know smacking that goal in against norwich on the last day of the season and just absolutely taking the piss at the etty has you know that type of thing yeah, yeah. he was you know an unbelievable player yeah um, I, th I think it's important as well that he is not a traditional and winger and no. someone someone did tell me before right before spurs renegotiated that fee with juventus when it looked like are they gonna buy him like there's quite a there's kind of like a an uncertainty to it. it's like are they really gonna buy him i did hear from someone that Angel wasn't completely sold. It did, it did make me think. I thought that was completely nonsense. I thought, but I, I was like, but I've been living through the season in that mind is if he is not completely sold. But he started every single Prem game, hasn't he? And I think there's got to be a reason for that because he could just, I he could have just shaken it up and tried something else. But I think that he is starting every game. The only one I would, I'm just going to check now, the only one I would maybe wonder if he has was Brentford. But um, just double checking it because I'm sure you're right. Um, yeah, eight appearances in the Premier League. Yep, started every single game. He's played. Yeah, so I think that's important. He's, he's played pretty much the whole game in all of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, madness, madness. He's got an engine yeah. on him as well, doesn't he? That lad. You've got to give him that yeah. as well. The backs are holding up. Oh my god! Didn't know how to hit him. You know? No, I know, I know. Um. Who we got next? Brennan Johnson, number 22. I don't really know where to land him, mate, because there's a part of my instincts, like, for everything he's done, I want to kind of give him a B. But it's a very, very, very small sample yeah. size, right? I was I was literally thinking of the same thing. I ended up putting him in C with that kind of that Hoibra kind of bracket, just, yeah, sure. just because of the sample size, just because of the sample size thing. But I I wasn't completely sold on the signing as it was happening. I was very much mm. like, because, you know, Brentford, the other team that I mainly cover, and they wanted him as well. And I was very, I wasn't like completely sold him last year. I was like, why are Brentford and Spurs both trying to sign this guy for like 45 mil? I was really confused. It's a lot of money, isn't it? It's an expensive it's a, it's a lot of money. You know, you think about it, there's a lot of good players you can go buy with that money. Um, I mean, he's more like, expensive than James Madison. <laughs> like, put that yeah, exactly, you know. yeah. Um, but you know, when he came on against Sheffield United, he, I know he was fractionally offside, but he scored that really, really good goal. He brought it down Lovely, so perfectly in the near post. And then I thought he was quite decent against Arsenal. I thought that, okay, I understand why this is worth a punt, why this is the kind of player that you would want in the system. And I was, I was actually really annoyed that he got that hamstring injury. I was like, I want to see more of him. I want to, yeah. see, I want to get get your teeth into, you know, what, what's he all about? I'm hoping that he's going to be fit to fill him on Monday. Yeah, I, it, uh, it should be right. He should be. Whether he starts so. or not, I don't know, but yeah. he should be fit. Um, but yeah, I definitely I'm excited about him. See, it it kind of feels like an insult, but it shouldn't be. It's just that we haven't seen that yeah. much of him. But I really, I really like him. I'm really kind of happy with the idea of him. This is it as well. The, the bar is so high right this season. It's not as if we were doing it midway through last season. It's like, okay, who's the least shit of these players? Well, I mean, look as well, mate. Look at it. This time last year, near enough, we were on the verge or at least linked with Dan James, you know, and we got Brennan Johnson. So it's, oh, that was a horrible time. It really was. Play wing back <laughs> when I was like, what are we doing? Pick a different system, man. God. This might be my first partially controversial one, mate. Um, number 23, Pedro Porro. I had Pedro Porro down as a B. Um, I had a B. Did you? Okay. Yeah. okay. You feel better about it now. Yeah, yeah. I think he is. I think he's been playing at an A level the past couple of games, probably. Past few yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but I think it's taken them a bit of time to get up to that, get to get to grips with Andrew's system, to be comfortable playing in the sort of position and do the basically play as this kind of inverted role. Um, but he's, I mean, he's taking to it massively now. But if we're talking across these eight games across the season, I'd still put him as a B because at the start of the season, I wasn't really convinced by him at all. Yeah, he took a bit of a pacing from Garnaccio in the first half of that United game. And then yeah. I obviously got beaten for the opener of Burnley as well. But the thing that I keep coming back to with Porro is if he was not signed in January, say he's played out the season at Sporting, this is not a player that Tottenham would have bought in the summer because he played exclusively as a wing-back pretty much his whole career to that point. It wouldn't have made a lot of sense to just buy uh, um, a typical wing-back to play as a right-back in a back four. But he has been so so good these last few games he's made that um adaptation so well so quickly so seamlessly and that comes back to to Ange. that is a real credit to defensive coaching mm. from someone again who's not a defensive coach he's yeah it's it's quite mad isn't it it's quite mad but yeah i'm big i'm big fan of pedro Porro now he's again somebody that's proving me wrong because I, I, I hold my hands up at the start of the season when i kind of heard that we hadn't signed him for the 50 odd million i was like mm, <laughs> wouldn't we, we, wouldn't we be sad if you weren't you know we, we? yeah exactly that was kind of i wasn't chasing him out the door but i was like eh, you know 50 use that money elsewhere you know quite a lot of money um we got jed spence you know but i mean he's played i think about half an hour for leeds this season i think he has been injured i think oh, okay all right we'll let him off then we'll let him off um this will be an interesting one man or solomon a lot of people very down on man or solomon i'm not so much i i'm still i'm hovering around i'm hovering around b for man or solomon but some people might think that's way too kind how, how, where are you on mate i'm like I said, i'm not certainly a b but i'm hovering there it's between b and c for me i went c because i think looking at the output he's actually had in his few appearances is actually quite good and I do value that a lot. Like, a, I think a lot of people kind of get blown away sometimes by, you know, say, say, so whenever I go to a game, I do like a player ratings piece. And I feel like people value more chances that players miss rather than the ones they score. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, this, this chance, if that went in, that went in, and then they kind of forget the ones that do go in and stuff like that. And I think so. I do value that he's got a few assists already. Um, I haven't been blown away by him. Um, I understand it was worth a punt on a free or whatever compensation chapter I'm going to get. I think there will be uses for him when he comes back from injury. It sounds like a pretty bad one, so wishing him the best there. Uh, I just still go with C though, just because it's one of the things I don't want to put him on the same level as Poro and Kuzeski because I don't think he's been yeah fair. in that kind of That's in that fair. kind of sphere. If you know what yeah, I, mean. I think the, the 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 thing for Solomon for me that what, what I do like about him. Um, is that I can see him being a player that comes in handy against lesser sides, if you like. I do feel like he is going to be the player. We've seen a few range finders from him so far. I do think we're going to see a, a good few screamers from him this year in random games. He will be the guy that will pop up with the odd 25-30 yarder, his almost trademark shot, right, that we've seen yeah. during his time at Fulham. So I think he'll be good for that. I can see him probably getting five, six goals for Spurs probably this season. Um, I can see him getting maybe a winner as well with one of those type of shots. I do. I just, I think he's a tricky player. I like how much pace he's got. I like how direct he is. Just would like to see him iron out that kind of 
Lucas Moorism that he tends to have yeah, of yeah. beating one man and then instead of releasing the ball, making it his mission to beat the second man and then the third man as well. You know, just kind of sometimes yeah, exactly. You know, just beat somebody, whip a ball in or lay it off the Madison or Udoji is usually kind of overlapping. Um but there we go. Yeah. Okay. We'll put him in a C. Okay. This this is going to be an interesting one. This is going to be an interesting one. Pape Matasar. Um, I'm going to put Pape Matasar as a B. I'm going to put him up there for me. Um, and I, I will I will say this because I think for a player of his age, he is at times, you know, especially last year when he first stepped up against AC Milan displayed a sort of level of maturity i think that is way beyond his years i think he's what 21 22 is he now perhaps i might be 23. um no i don't think he's that old i think he's about 21. yeah, he's, he's 20, he's 20, he? yeah 21. um i know there's been a bit of talk yeah, about some of his kind of hospital passes and all this type of thing but again like you just said to the last point i think people sometimes value the mistakes more than they do the positives and what i see with papa matasar is a player who again is great at retaining possession great at driving the ball forwards and still has an eye probably matched only by james madison in this team perhaps with an eye for those kind of through the keyhole passes that he can play forwards that are at times brilliant and i i i love i absolutely love the fact he backs himself to just have a shot sometimes like these wild shots i'm, I'm hating I'm, a little bit i'm desperate to see i cannot wait to see one of those 35 yard shots just rifle into the top corner because it's surely going to happen at some point but yeah i mean i know i get it i know he's not he's not the finished article yet but for me i think he's you know i don't think there needs to be any rush to say he doesn't do this well he doesn't do that well he's 21 years old he's learning on the job he's been pretty much an ever-present for a team that is sitting undefeated at the top of the Premier League table, he's doing a good job. You know, that's that's kind of my my opinion on him. Yeah, I think I had him in B as well. So I agree with a lot of your points. He for what he is, he's been very, very good this season. Very much makes you wonder why didn't he play more last season, you know. I think like Conte did make a big song and dance after the World Cup. He was like, Oh, the players that stayed here, I think Saar really impressed me a lot and it was like he played him about three times for the rest of the season so that's like <laughs> um an enigma but, that man an enigma yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very strange very strange man yeah, yeah. um i think i think as well this isn't a knock on star we're i think we're just trying not to project because we know that the potential is quite enormous it's just about kind of roughing down the edges and fine-tuning things but he's been very very promising he's obviously you know, he got that goal against Man United, which really felt like that felt like it kickstarted the era. Kind of like yeah. when that goes in, the, the stadium just explodes, and it, it, that's it. We have lift off the suddenly yeah. this belief in Ange's way becomes tangible. So, big credit to that. He hasn't put a foot wrong, certainly not enough to actually be dropped from the starting lineup. So, I think B is a, a good point for him. Good that. Um, this might be a bit of a painful one. Um, number 33, Gentle Ben, Mr. Ben Davis. Um, solid squad man, a good Tottenham man, a good guy. Thankfully got his dog back the other day after it got yeah, yeah, yeah. dog napped. 
I'm still going to have to go D for Davis, mate. I think this year. I went D as well. And I think and there's, not, there's not really a lot we can say. Is there? Like, how many no. minutes he's played? Like five? Yeah, probably, yeah. Not, probably not a lot at all. And just, just a, a, a victim, if you like, if you want to put it that way, of this system um, of Andrew's yeah. style of football. He's just not suited to it anymore. You know, it's. I've, I've been a kind of staunch defender of Ben Davis for a long time. The fact he is a good squad player, he's a good utility man, can play out on the left, can play in the centre-back role. I I don't think he can in this system anymore. And I think it would be nice to see him maybe get a move elsewhere. You know, I'm, uh, you know I, I know we are going to be short. Eric Dyer is somebody who's probably going to be out the door in January, you'd imagine. There's those strong, persistent links with Jose in Roma, the, the link up there. Um, ben Davis... You've got to ask yourself, you know, would he be having a, you know, a, a nicer end to his Premier League career if he switched to a, you know, I don't know, Nottingham Forest or to he, he could go or, somewhere you know. and be like really, really good. Not even like yeah. that far down. Like you go to like a Palace or a Brentford or a Fulham and be like one of their third, fourth, fifth best players. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, I think we'd probably how much, how many years he's got left on his contract. The, the, the stumbling block is we probably want a bit of money from if he's got any more than a year left. But um, I, I bear him no ill will, though. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ben Davis, have been. I just think his time is done at Spurs now. Um, yeah. that's, that's how I put it. Um, Veliz, this is this is an interesting one. I'd, I'd probably chuck him in at Steen, but feels like there's really not enough to judge him on, you know? Yeah, that's why I put him in a D for, but for the same reason. Just, I'm impressed that he's actually kind of worked his way into the immediate plans because it sounded like we we're going to wait until January and then decide what to do with his future. But if he's clearly doing something right enough to, to get into his squads and to actually come on and get meaningful minutes, you know, he was a, he was on the pitch at the end of that Liverpool game. You know, I think, I think it was Charlie Elkoshev from the Athletic Day wrote a piece and he kind of, um, put on Twitter and he was like, imagine if Valise was the one to have scored that goal. It could have been. He was getting in the right areas. Yeah. So, and I think there's a chance against Luton as well where it looks like he's going to be clean through and he kind of like falls over his legs a little. And it's kind of like, I feel like a kind of welcome to the Premier League kind of moment, you know, getting yeah. clattered at Kenilworth Road. It's, um, I think it was it was Jack Lang who Charlie Eccleshire spoke to in, in that yes, same piece, that it, yeah. saying that Valise's his, his ability in the air is extraordinary um, and it could be a real kind of secret weapon for Spurs at some I point. I love those year. kind of strikers. Someone who just rises up and just like, just slam it back down. I love those kind yeah. of strikers. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll keep him, I'll keep him in C because I don't, I don't want to see him down there with Stippy, La Celso and, <laughs> and Ben Davies. So I'll keep it, I'll, I'll say if Richarlison's getting in at C, I'll, I'll put Villas in at C and we'll, you know, we'll go with that. Right. Getting to the last two now, mate. Number 37, Big Mickey van der Ven. I mean, that's bang straight in at A, right? Surely. Yeah. Goodness yeah. me, what a player. Oh what a player. What a, did you see even the, the Netherlands official account put out a tweet saying, remember the name? Um, <laughs> with some of Mickey van der Ven's debut for them, those tackles he was putting in. Um, against he was on the pitch like 10 minutes and he did so yeah. much. Unbelievable player. What a player. Like, he's, he's just, you know, so much the talk this summer had been about Tap Sober and... Van der Ven almost felt like the the silver medal, right? Well, we got, yeah, 
Yeah, we got Van de Ven. Oh, well, you know, we missed out on our top target, but I'm sure this lad will be all right. Like, he's, he's, he's a, he's a disgraceful footballer in that he's so good. He is so good. He's, he's, he's unnervingly good, right? He's, it's, oh. it's a travesty to scouting across Europe that we're always able to walk into Wolfsburg and be like, 40 mil, thank you very much. Let's go. With no, no, no issues. I, th I think Liverpool, we're looking at him, but they didn't really make. They weren't that kind of. Didn't make enough of a fuss to actually make a bid or anything. But for us, we just walked in there. Think about like how, how much teams want left footed centre backs as well. How much of a yeah. commodity that is, and we've just got one who's about six foot nine, is can do hundred meters in about ten seconds. It's unbelievable. I but could it, not it, believe it. it. It's so good straight away. It's surreal, isn't it? Like his size. Like how big and strong he is, but how nimble he is, how quick he is. Like his athleticism is—it's it's so unique. Like I, some I, Captain America super soldier or something. Yeah, yeah he, oh, it's, goodness me. Yeah, he's he's funny, and he's one of the few Tottenham players I've ever seen. This is when you kind of know you, you've got a good one. Because I saw, like, I think it was maybe on the uh, the Netherlands tweet when they put out their little highlight reel of his. And you had other fans under there, like Liverpool fans and even Arsenal fans, being like, "Not gonna lie, I'm actually jealous of this one from Spurs." Like, especially if you Liverpool fans being like, "Why didn't we?" Because I'm, I'm assuming they'd been linked to him pretty consistently. They had, yeah, they had, yeah, yeah, and they, they were all like, "Why didn't we get this one done? Why didn't we do it?" Um, so, but they didn't. So, and like, hey, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Last last player on the list, Destiny a doggy again. Another I'm dropping in a, as an A mate. Um, yeah, I, I mean, much of I could pretty much copy and paste a lot of what I've said about um, Mickey Van der Ven onto Destiny a doggy because again, what an astonishing footballer. Twenty twenty years old again, is he, or is he a bit older than that? He plays like he's played football for about five hundred games, senior games men's football proper in their top level champions league world cup whatever and he's so early on in his career it's I, again one of the, everything i said about poro where like played as a wing back blah 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 it's the exact same with the doggy that he's been able to come in play as a left back and play quite uniquely as well like i don't think there's a lot of players you could play that particular role and that makes me that's one of the things which i work with the squad the drop off from him to the next left back <laughs> Oh Jesus! Yeah, that that that's the. Is the problem being so good? You know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's so good. Like you say, it's defensively, offensively, technically, his you know mental attributes. All he just is a complete package, and it's it's astonishing. It's astonishing to see this player. I mean, there is there's a real shade to Delhi about this with me, in so much as. When Delhi first started coming into, you know, he, he obviously had the, the preseason friendly against Real Madrid. And we were all like, wow, okay, this kid's actually really good. And then we started playing him in the Premier League. At first, caveating it by, well, so give him some time. We'll forgive any mistakes. It'll probably be a, you know, a long road for him. But a couple of seasons down the line, it'll be good. And then after about 10 games, we were like, yeah, so Delhi's world class. Um, and I think, Destiny, like you say, I mean, I just look at him now and I'm like, this isn't a twenty-year-old. Like this is this guy is. He, he feels like a seasoned, world-class footballer. It's it's unbelievable. He's giving he so much to us. He went to the Emirates in North London derby. Got booked after about 
10 minutes up against one of the best wingers in the world and he kept him quiet from open play for the rest of the match. Salah came to Spurs a week later. I know <laughs> Liverpool had 10 men and 9 men, whatever, but Salah did not get a sniff. He had to go to the other wing to actually kind of do something. What was the, uh, there was the, that interesting stat, wasn't there, that Salah has <laughs> gotten a goal or assist in basically every game of that one. Every game, but that one for like 20 odd games. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, you shall not pass. Um, our our Italian Gandalf, he's uh, he's a, a, a marvelous player. And just yeah. when when I'm looking at the band, when I'm looking at kind of the A bracket, when you're looking at the A plus, obviously, I think you know you didn't fully agree on Basuma, but Basuma Madison kind of there on their own. Two of the, funnily enough, older players in the team, or at least more senior players. Sonny in the A bracket, probably waffling between the A plus and the A. But then you look at the rest of the lads. Vicario, Romero, Van der Ven, the doggy, like that's a core. That's a core yeah. that's going to be there for years, right? Even in the B bracket, Kulusevski, Poro, Saar, these are some young players. It's suddenly, we've been waiting for so long. We've been talking about how stagnant Spurs have been for the past years. And now all of a sudden, as if kind of from nowhere, we're like, we're that team. We're a new team. We're, yeah. we're, it's a new era of the lads if you like and i'm loving it it's great yeah. so you know sky's the limit mate sky's the limit but we'll see you know this is eight games in we'll we'll maybe do this halfway through the season and see where we're at then but it'll be interesting but um yeah cheers for jumping on today sean and uh let's hope let's hope we can have a few more a pluses come the next time we do this eh? yeah here's open 